What's up? What's up? How are we doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. Well, I appreciate you coming on with me. So thank you for taking this time out of your day to do this. Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Everything going all right? I know there's a lot of weird times going on in the country. How's everything? Uh, I'm just pumped to be like, we're going to be back in the gym within like the next few weeks. I'm so pumped for that. It's just been too long. I know everyone's so anxious to get back in there. It's just, it sucks. Like everyone's sending me messages like, oh, when can we get back in? And I've just had no answers for yeah. so long. And it's just been, been so long. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm ecstatic. I can't wait. That's awesome. So I, I love hearing stories and I definitely want to hear hear yours from your playing days to now becoming basically looking like a bodybuilder. <laughs> um, so by all means, the floor is yours. I don't know about that. Um, yeah. So my story. All right. So basically like high school, high school baseball. So, okay. First off, I'll, I'll say this, like my goal forever, like baseball is like, that was my first love ever. Yes. My, my dream was to be a pro baseball player. That was Absolutely. always, so like you asked like 10 year old Joe, where does he see himself in eight years, 10 years? I'm thinking like, all right, I'm probably going to be six foot four to 25. Like uh, I'll probably be, I won't play for the Yankees cause I hate the Yankees. I'll probably be uh, playing for the Red Sox. And then <laughs> you fast forward to like your, you're 16, 17 years old, and you're like, all right, I'm still, uh, I'm still five foot nine, uh, <laughs> 40 pounds. When's this growth spurt coming? I got to do something a little bit different. Uh, but basically, like, I just, I, I was just in love with the game, and like, that's all I did. Like, I was obsessed with catching. Like, Jason Veritek was my dude growing up. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, I'm from the Boston area. I'm a huge Red Sox fan. Um, I just, I just became obsessed with it. And that's literally all I did. And then I, <laughs> I, as I was getting into like the college and recruiting processes, I just realized like, oh shit, like I need to, I need to get bigger. I need to get stronger. It doesn't matter like how good you are in terms of like, I mean, yeah, you need to have skills, but it doesn't yeah. really matter. Like fundamentals only you got to make sure you have the full package so absolutely like, especially like when i was getting recruited it was basically like the same story every time you're a good catcher you got good footwork you can hit the ball a little bit uh we're more concerned with how you catch behind the plate how you work with the staff but you need to get bigger if you don't get bigger like your my secondary was like middle infield mm -hmm. like, you, you you might be a middle infielder for us this is what like d1 schools would say d2 yep. schools would say and i was like oh so okay that's that's the new goal now i need to i need to lift i need to eat i need to get bigger so mm -hmm. that was pretty much the majority of my time spent yep. once i realized like okay if i'm gonna take this next step i need to basically like train like a like a bodybuilder which yeah. i mean like i did a lot a lot of stuff wrong like mm -hmm. so much stuff wrong which like i mean i, I would i wouldn't say like I, yeah i mean i guess it was wrong technically but like my my ideas and my thoughts were in the right place. Like I was eating, like trying to literally eat anything, 5,000 calories a day or whatever, just to make sure like when I set foot at a, at a showcase or whatever, I was bigger so that when yeah. I could, I could get looked at by college coaches, they're like, all right, this dude might fit the part. Um, but I mean, being told as like, when you, when you spend your whole life catching and being told like, Oh, maybe you'll have a shot at the middle infielder. You're kind of like, eh, well, I don't know <laughs> all about that. Um, yeah. So that, that was my goal. Like 
ever since I was probably like a sophomore to a senior in high school is just try to get bigger, get stronger. And that was like an absolute game changer for me. I mean, like it was, it was tough. Like, I mean, I don't even think I had facial hair till I was like my junior year of college. Like maybe, I don't even know. Like I was, I was a late bloomer, dude. I, I, I don't, I, I tried the best I could. Like I, I was trying to gain weight. I was trying to get stronger. I was just a, a late bloomer, I guess. Um, but I guess the the skills were there in some aspect. And I mean, I was very fortunate. Like I got, I got some looks. Um, I had, I had two knee surgeries, obviously like nobody wants a catcher with two knee surgeries under his belt in, uh, <laughs> out of high school. <laughs> but, um, I think like the biggest thing was like strength. Like that was it. Like I just wasn't like my body couldn't support what I was trying to do. Like I was yeah. trying to played AAU, did all that stuff. And, I was catching four or five games a weekend and I was just mm -hmm. like, my, my, my legs couldn't support it, I guess. Like my, yeah. my meniscus two times. And, um, after that, it's, that was my junior year. It's very hard to get recruited after that when you're a catcher <laughs> with, with two knee surgeries under his belt. So like everyone was saying like, Oh, maybe you can play middle infield. And I was just like, it's not like when I play, when I play infield, I, field balls like a catcher like i'm wearing it off the chest and i'm trying to yeah. throw first base save some time or whatever <laughs> i don't know but like uh i was very lucky that the day so this is this is actually kind of a godsend the day i actually tore my meniscus i was at a showcase in the morning it was a like top 96 over at tufts university and i had two aau games later on that day so i went to the showcase did all right um, felt good about it, went to the um, AAU games and slid in a third base trying to steal a base. Like, I don't, for some reason, I thought I was a fast catcher at the time, back when I was 145 pounds of skin and bones. But Absolutely. Slid in a third base, knee felt super weird, um, super unstable, went back out the next inning, tried to throw it back to the pitcher, knee buckled, like meniscus was torn. Like I was – I. I was didn't know what to do after that. Like I had to take yeah. a bunch of time off. Um, and I didn't, I didn't know where my baseball career was going to go after that. So I, I, I was in a, I was in panic mode basically. And then I think like, it might've been that night, actually, it might've might been that night or two nights later or a night later. Um, I got a call from St. Joseph's college of Maine. Mm -hmm. And they said they saw me at the showcase earlier that morning. Um, and they liked what they saw and that I should come up, see the school, uh, talk to the coach, um, send them a schedule to whatever AAU games I had left. And in my mind, I'm like, Oh crap. Like I am not playing any more baseball. I just, I have to have knee surgery. Like there's yeah. no way around it. And in, in my mind, I'm thinking like, am I going to be able to catch again? Like, I, like, I don't know if you've ever, have you ever had like a knee surgery or a knee injury or anything like that? I've had Achilles and calf injuries. Okay. So yeah. like, I'm sure, I'm sure. I mean, Achilles are brutal. That's, that's yeah. Bad. yeah. Um, but like, did you have surgery for it? No, I did not. But just being a pitcher, you can't push off if you don't have your legs. Nothing. Yeah. So yeah. like, it, like the, the mental thought of like getting into a squat or like sliding into a base on that knee was just like not happening. It's not, yeah. I can't even, I can't even imagine it, but like, the process went good. Like I eventually got healthy, got back into it. Um, then I tore it again. Like I was, I was already committed to St. Joe's. Like I was, I was, I committed there. I loved the school. Um, 
Will Sanborn over there is an unbelievable recruiter. Like I just fell in love with the school the second I, he 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 drove down from Maine to watch me like take batting practice once I got healthy. And I was like, dude, you just drove down two and a half or three hours or whatever to come watch me take batting practice and catch a bullpen. Like that's that's dedication. That's good. Recruiting. That's awesome. Yeah, I was I was I was pumped about it, and I didn't really like I had had other offers like any any D one offer or whatever was. It was kind of there, but it was more like, ah, you're not really getting recruited anymore. It's basically walk on if you're healthy. Maybe you yeah. got a shot. And uh, I just wanted to play baseball. So, like, that was actually probably one of my one of my flaws in the recruiting process is I didn't look at, like, school so much. I just wanted to play baseball. And, All I mean, about the game. It, it, yeah, exactly. It worked out. It worked out because, like, um, St. Joe's had exactly what I wanted to do. I went into exercise science, which is basically, like, kinesiology mm-hmm. um, and followed that path had a unbelievable time like four years they set me up in the best summer ball leagues like i got to go out to hawaii my freshman that's awesome year. yeah this the summer my freshman year i went out to hawaii um i played in the futures league for three years after that like or for two years after that started off in like martha's vineyard wachusett and then um junior to senior year went to uh north shore navigators which was awesome out in lynn and then uh, had some success in those leagues, had some success in college, and I was lucky enough to sign a professional contract once I graduated, which I was – like, that was my dream, like, to, yeah. to get money for playing baseball. I mean, you're, <laughs> you're getting enough money to, like, buy, like, PB&Js and whatever. Like, but you're still getting played to play baseball. You're still that's, that's, that's a dream. professional. It's, that's yeah, it. that's, that's the absolute dream. So, like, I, I did that after college, and I was – I was super lucky because I was actually on a team in Maine. So like I could live with my buddies. So I basically, I went from like my senior year of college right into um, that first professional season, like maybe had a two week break in between staying in Maine. I was staying at my, one of my best friends, Nick Lops is his house. Um, you probably talked to CJ, but yeah, you did talk to yep. CJ about it last podcast. He was, um, mm-hmm. He's one of the coaches of the Sanford Mainers. Um, he's an awesome guy. He played indie ball too. Um, but I was able to stay at his house, go play my games in Maine. Um, I had a great time. I felt like I was still in college, which is might, might not be a great thing. Um, but <laughs> I, was, I, had, I had some success there. I was fortunate enough to get called up. Um, I got called up to the American Association, which I know you also talked to Dave. Mm-hmm. Dave's yep. one of my guys. Um, yeah, absolutely. Dave's there now. So I got called up there to a team. I don't even think that team's there anymore. It was the Joplin Blasters in the American Association. Out in, Those uh, names are awesome. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Those names are awesome. Uh, Missouri. And like, I didn't know anything about that area. I think, I think they were famous for being like the – it was like – one of Bonnie and Clyde's hideout spots. Joplin, Missouri was like known for that or something like that. I know like Mickey Mantle played a few games in high school there or something like mm-hmm. that. So like it had, it had some baseball history and some crime history, I guess. Um, but I didn't really know anything about the area. So uh, one of my buddies was called up with me, Tucker White. He was like player of the year. He went to University of Southern Maine. He was a stud. He got called out there with me. He was on my team. Um, before that in Maine on that first it was is the Empire League the first uh indie ball team I played on and the second we flew out there like we went out to dinner he left his phone at the hotel and we get back to the hotel after dinner and he got traded to Lincoln Nebraska 
Wow. They're the Lincoln Salt Dogs in Nebraska. So he had to get on a flight and leave at like 3 a.m. So like I'm stranded. I don't know anybody. Like I have to meet the team. We're going to like Wichita the next day. And it was just, it was overwhelming, but it was an awesome mm -hmm. experience. It was great. Um, but yeah, that was my, my indie ball life. I played in the California Winter League after that. And I mean, that was basically, basically just try to get some exposure, see where I can move on. But the indie, indie ball road's a weird, a weird life. It's, it's super exciting, but it's, it's yeah. super strange. It's a lot different than college baseball. So the one thing I've talked to you, I've talked to David, I've talked to Frankie, I've talked to all these guys, you guys just ha like, there's a special bond of just happiness of playing the game yes. within all of you guys. What do you think that is? Like, I mean, like, where do you, like, where do you, like, you guys all know each other. You guys all just have this special connection of independent baseball that it feels like no one knows about. Well, it's, it's like every, every kid who's ever played baseball, I'm, I'm assuming, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, like, every kid who's played baseball and loved the sport wants to do it at the next level, wants to, yeah, exactly, wants to, wants to play at the highest level possible. So when you get the opportunity to do that, it's just surreal. Like, they're just. Yeah there's fans like it's not just your parents watching you anymore like that's that's unbelievable like people are actually like we were in uh we were in like kansas city playing against the t-bones and we had a double header that day and i went out to get breakfast with a few of my teammates um and there's people tailgating like having a party basically in the parking lot just waiting for the game to start it's like yeah geez that is that's crazy like that's yeah. that's unbelievable like, people are here to to watch you play the sport you love. And I think, yep. I think not only that, just obviously the love of the game, but the fact that like you go through so much as like an indie ball player, like it is a struggle. Like, no, no, it's not glorified in any way. Yeah. I mean, you're, you don't know when you're going to get released. You might be chilling in the outfield with a guy before the game, like shagging fly balls. And then two, 10 minutes before the game, that dude might get released or like, yeah, somebody you know might get released it's just a it's just a weird a weird lifestyle but it just makes you it makes you realize like you don't know when your last inning on a baseball field is gonna be yeah. and like the the first time that was ever really like apparent to me is when like we went to regionals my freshman year and we lost and like seeing the seniors just like in tears on the field it's like oh my god you guys have played baseball for 20 years and then like it's over like yeah. you don't know when that's going to be. That's like, I coach a, like a, I coached a 14 year old team last year. I'm going to take those guys again as a 15 year old team. But like, I always tell them like, you don't know when this is going to end. Yeah. Like you got to make sure you play every inning, every, every, every game, every pitch. Like it's, it could be the last one. Cause you really don't know. And when it does, it's like, it's, it's, it's wild. Like it, it, it sucks. But I mean, like you can also, you also look back on those times that you did have playing the game and like you, you were, you'll probably remember every single guy that you played with in, in yeah. like every, every single dumb experience you guys had at like a hotel, just doing dumb things. Like yeah. everything. whether it's wall sits field. at one in the morning, you know, just yeah, anything. exactly. Like everything, yeah. like you remember that crazy coach, you remember just like every, every dumb thing that happened. But I mean, it's just a, it's a different experience. It's a different bond. I think like it's, it's, I mean, I love like I could watch like a like a preseason game all nine innings. You could go eighteen innings. I'm watching it. I love it. Like some people aren't as into baseball as I am. Like I could watch baseball all day, but like 
there's so much downtime in the game. Like you got, you got to entertain each other. You got to entertain yeah. yourselves. Like there's so much bonding that can go on during the game. Like double headers. Like you're there for seven, six, seven hours, eight hours a day. You don't know. Absolutely. Like it's, you got to find yeah. ways to entertain each other. It's great. Yeah. It's just an un, unspeakable bond. That's awesome. I, I quickly want to touch on what's it like being traded in independent ball? Like does someone come and tell you, do you get a text message? Is it like a, a post-it underneath your door? How, how does it work? Uh, they, they bring you into the office and they, they let you know. It's not, it's, I mean, I've seen some crazy scenarios with like releases. Releases are bad. Like people like start throwing tables and stuff like that. Like when they don't, they think they're performing well, then they get released. Like, let's say a kid is doing okay. He's kind of holding his own. Then they might find another guy that just graduated from college and is a stud that wants to come in and play and they, pick him over you and then they got to release you like it's a numbers game yeah um that's when that's when things get a little messy people start to get really really mad but as for the trading process i mean i don't know it, it is it is what it is everyone's just trying to move up to the next level so like yeah. like in me and tucker's situation we were we were fine with it. we were pumped like the, the guy called us into the office our manager called us into the office and was like congratulations you guys are going out to missouri um figure out if you're going to drive there or fly there. Like it's been a pleasure working with you. Um, good luck in the rest of your journey. But I mean, absolutely. I never really got like traded like in between leagues. I don't really know how that would be. That would be strange playing against your old teammates. I, I don't, I don't really, I've never really done that, but that'd be, that'd be interesting. I don't really know how that works. That, well, that's awesome. Those are cool stories. So what are you doing now? Cause all over your Instagram, you are lifting and you look <laughs> jacked out of your mind. And, yeah, I appreciate and I, it. and I understand the scrawny life. I'm six, 360 pounds soaking wet. So I get it. So how did you <laughs> get into height, all this? Though. Yeah. <laughs> how did you get into all this? And it's just like a personal thing now with just working out. You're just sort of addicted to it and uh, you just need it. Um, I, like, like I said, like that was the turning point. Like strength conditioning was the absolute turning point in my career. Like high school, I was maybe flaring balls over the second baseman's head. And like, when you see that start to turn into doubles in the gap, like that's an absolute game changer. Like you can miss pitches and they're still traveling over outfielders heads. That's just, I mean, that's, it's just a huge difference. Like you just feel Absolutely. different at the plate, swinging the bat. Uh, when you're throwing the balls coming out of your hand different, like it's just, it's, just unbelievable how how much it can affect you and i mean i went to school like obviously i was exercise science i was involved in all that stuff my initial plan was like i want to go for physical therapy but like i didn't really care about that that much i was more just like i was actually more like dedicated to baseball which is probably not a great thing but like i was um yeah and when i when i like started getting into those classes or whatever I realized like maybe I don't want to do PT. Like I'd rather be a strength coach. Like I love mm -hmm. this stuff. This is, this is what I'm Googling all the time. This is what I'm looking up. This is like the stuff I'm studying in my spare yeah. time. Like, this is what I want to do. Um, so I kind of ventured more into that path of strength conditioning. And then it was after, it was after that uh, first year of indie ball, it was the off season where I had some time to study for my strength conditioning certification. So, I went and I, I was working at a physical therapy place at the time, um, which was just basically to raise some money so I could go, go out and play in California. But during that time, I was just studying and studying and trying to um, get that strength and conditioning certification. So, like, 
my my initial plan was to like get it right after college I didn't think the indie ball thing was going to happen and then it did so I kind of had to put off the strength conditioning thing I never really took the test so I had to restudy everything mm -hmm. I learned um because it was kind of in short-term memory at the time because I mean I was just focused on baseball all the time but I got that strength and conditioning certification um went out to California, played some more baseball. And then I kind of realized, like, I just wanted to get into the strength and conditioning aspect of things. Like, mm -hmm. dude, when I was in the American Association, I mean, I realized, like, I was kind of a needle in a haystack. Like, I came from a, like, a small school in Maine. Like, it was, it was awesome baseball. Like, it was super fun. And then getting called out to the American Association, like, I was, I was backing up a kid that, like, just got released from double A. And oh, wow. I think he hit like three home runs in the first game that I was out there. And I'm just like, holy shit, this guy has a different tool set than I have, like mentally. And I mean, he just, I don't know, he was a different player than I was. And I yeah. just realized, like, I don't know how much longer I can compete at that level. And like, as much as I want to, like, as much as I want to, like, I'm not going to stop working at it. Like, I'm still going to keep going and see what happens. But like, I don't know if that's what I have in the tank. And, uh, I just became super, super interested. I, I even more so in strength and conditioning after that. Um, I left indie ball, got a job in strength and conditioning. And then that's been my life ever since. It's just like, like at the facility, we, ha we, we work at the, uh, I work at the Atlantic baseball club. So it's like mm -hmm. Atlantic sports performance. We just started up a gym there about two years ago. And the strength and conditioning has been absolutely huge. Like we take yeah. all our AAU kids, um, we get them into a strength and conditioning program and like, and I try to basically, I just try to tell them like how much it's influenced me and how much it can help them in the future. And like, it's just really, it's, it's unbelievable to see how much these kids are buying into it and just how much they love it. And basically yeah. like me, my, my roommate, we live in South Boston, Max, he, he works at the facility too. He, he runs the facility. Yeah. Um, me and him are workout partners and we basically use ourselves as test dummies just to make sure whatever <laughs> we do is going to work on, on the kids. And we got a good group of, of guys around us um, that, that are bought into what we're doing and they believe yeah. in what we're doing. And the biggest thing for us is just, I mean, moving forward is making sure that everyone realizes how important this is to the game of baseball and to all sports. We're venturing into all sports too, because it's just, it's so, it's so huge. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's a game changer. It really is. Absolutely. I love your passion for it. I think to take your passion for that and then it's, sorry, to take your passion for playing baseball and then turning it into that is awesome. So what does a typical day look like for you? And what are some of these workouts that you put these AAU guys through? Okay. Typical day. Uh, so me and Max will head down to the facility. We will lift um, like probably at like 11, 10 or 11. Um, and we'll go hard like we, we we test the boundaries of what's what we can do you know what i mean like we're we don't really have anything to lose we're not still playing or anything so we can kind of use ourselves as as test dummies um max played at franklin pierce so he's a baseball okay. guy also yep. so um what we what, what's good about that is that like we know what worked for us when we were playing the game what didn't work for us uh but also there's a whole lot of like oh crap we should have done this better you know what I mean? Like we just, it was just lack of knowledge at the time. And we can kind of take those mistakes that we made and kind of integrate them into our plan for the kids, whether it's mental or whether it's baseball related or whether it's strength related. So absolutely, we'll, we'll go in lift. We'll talk about like our plan for the facility, what we want to do, what kind of, 
things we want to test out with the kids, what kind of things, like where, where we want to see ourselves moving forward. Um, and then school gets out at like 2.30, 2 for these kids. So our first group's at about like 3 o'clock. Our first groups will roll in. So 3 to 9, we're training those kids. I'll have Dave come in at uh, like one thirty to lift before they get there. Um, but like <laughs> that kid is – crazy when it comes to lifting in the best possible way like, <laughs> i don't think i could write a program that's that's hard enough for him like he just wants to keep going and keep going which is like that kid has a absolute killer mindset like, mm. like he he i mean he came into the gym and he was <laughs> he, he, like it was clear he'd never lifted before like he, just, <laughs> he didn't know what he was doing and like i look yeah. at him now i think it's been two years two years later and it's just like he his lifts have gone up so much his his just his movement has gone up so much just the way the way he carries himself as a baseball player is just is superior to where he was two years ago i mean um but that's a that's an example of a kid who's completely bought into the system and like he will do anything to get to that next level like and that's we actually have a lot of those kids that are just going to come in and like they want to make sure that they are getting the most um, out of their time spent in the gym. And like, they're picking our brains, whether it's baseball stuff, like uh, we'll mess around with some of like the driveline stuff, try to get them on like a throwing program. Um, but we'll make sure like they specifically have what like the lifts that they need to do to progress as an athlete. So like uh, we'll go three to nine uh, every single day or except Fridays, we go three to six. Um, then we have groups of about, 12 to 16 kids i mean we're starting to get more college guys in there um this is a super weird time like we haven't been able to open up the gym but mm -hmm. i mean now that everyone's back we're gonna have a bunch of college guys coming in um we got some pro guys in there and it's it's just a a different machine than i've ever seen like our training's a little bit different like we the the way i like to describe it is like like some kids are just born throwing 92 miles per hour. Like I, I, I've played with plenty of guys. Like I played with some guys in college. I won't even say their names because they'd be pissed when I say this, but like they can <laughs> pizza and drink milk every single meal, like never eat a salad, like whatever, eat ice cream every meal. And they're going to go out on the mountain and they're going to throw 92 miles per hour. Not everybody has that ability. It's so it's yeah. like our system is directly directly made to make sure that you get the most out of your skill set so like yep. we might do things in the gym that like most strength coaches would be like oh what the hell are you doing because, <laughs> because i mean it's, it's not like we're being reckless about it yeah like we have a system that's going to get the most out of your body and we like so like like long story short like we we have guys max out two times a week like we every guy like whether yeah. they're 13 years old or whether they're 22 years old it doesn't matter we have our guys hit an upper body max and a lower body max which like some strength coaches will think that's absolutely taboo but like that's how you release your absolute strength that's the only yeah. way to build absolute strength other than that like everything else is strength endurance so like our goal is to get guys to do stuff they've never done before and the only way that we're gonna do that is to have them train in ways they've never trained before there's mm -hmm. that's only there's only one way to do that um, and so like, we'll have them hit new maxes every single week, um, which is actually really appealing to the, to the kids because they're like, Oh sweet. I get to max out on something today. Like 
maxing out is way better than doing tons of reps on anything. Everybody knows that. Nobody likes to do a million reps on a squat, but like we'll have them max out. But it's not just, like I said, it's not just reckless. Like we have a whole plan like promoted to it. Like if your general physical preparedness, like if you're not like in shape to do the lifts, like you gotta start from scratch. So we gotta make sure that like, not only can their body handle the load we're putting on it, like we gotta, it's our job to make sure that we're providing the program for them that's gonna help them support their whole body like we obviously they're athletes they're not power lifters like the gym is something that's going to get them to the next level in terms of baseball or whatever yeah. sport they're playing so we train them in that way accordingly there's tons of functional movement like like skill specific stuff um but basically all these guys just need to get stronger guys and girls the softball girls go harder than anyone in the gym yeah uh, like we got like brie melchionda is one of our one of our softball girls and she's deadlifting like 335 pounds off the ground. And like, we got, we got like guys. I can't like, deadlift 35 pounds. I mean, <laughs> oh my God. We got, we got like guys that are her age that can't deadlift that much. And they're like, Oh crap. Like we gotta, we gotta check ourselves real quick. Uh, <laughs> so like, it's, it's amazing how much just absolute strength we put on these kids um, and how much they've just bought into the program. So I, I'm really excited about it going forward. That's awesome, man. And to be honest, like, I think, I think it goes beyond baseball because that's like health too. Because most kids at thirteen are definitely not going to the gym every right. day. Like that's not their thought. Even if they're serious about baseball, I know no one was telling me to go to the gym at thirteen. Yeah. They were telling me to go home and do push-ups and sit-ups on my bedroom floor. Yeah. Like I know I was not being dragged to the gym. Um, so why don't you talk a little bit about the AAU team you're coaching and what are the two? How are the two correlated? Okay, so um, I had a. I coached a 14 year old team last year. Um, and most of the same guys are on my team this year. Um, pretty much all of them work out in the gym with me, which is awesome. Cause it's like, I, I can't always have, I can't have six team practices a week. I, we only yeah. get one, one actual team practice. Um, but I mean, I can talk to them. I can help them work on stuff individually that I need to work on throughout the week. Um, we have, so like while the lifting's going on, we have on-field baseball stuff going on on the other side of the turf. So, like, if you if you see the facility, it's pretty cool. It's, like, nine cages of turf, and then right behind that is the gym. So, a lot of guys will just go lift, and then they'll go hit, throw, do whatever after that. So, we have, like, the whole system is gym. Over on the far corner, we have our driveline throwing program, and then we have all our hitting sessions. So, like, some people will be there for, like, three hours a night. Like, it's it's – we don't get as many team practices in. We'll get like one, one per week, which is fine. Mm -hmm. I'm more concerned with like their individual skills. Like they right. get in, they do their workouts, they do their throwing, they do their hitting. They're good to go. That's going to give you the opportunity to, to work around whatever schedule you have. Cause I mean, a lot of my guys are playing hockey or basketball or football. Like they can't, they can't show up for a team practice at six o'clock every night. Like it's, it's just not possible in, in January. So we set it up so they can come in at their own leisure, any hour on the hour. They can spend four hours there if they want to. They can spend an hour there if they want to. doesn't matter. Um, but they can get the most, as much out of it as they put into it, as many hours they want to put into it. Like, we have kids that will come in, lift. They'll do their homework up top, and then they'll come down and hit for the last hour. Like, that's that's dedication. Like, that's the stuff that's going to get you to the next level. Like, that's mm -hmm. that's huge. That's just the environment that we want to create at the facility. So, that's awesome. But my, my 15 year old guys are 
ready to go for the season. I'm, I'm, I feel so bad for them. Their high school season got canceled. Yeah. Um, but they got a lot more baseball left. And a lot of them are, they want to play at the next level, which is, which is awesome. Like I, I love coaching kids that want to play at the next level. Cause they, yeah. they are always curious asking questions about what it's going to take. And like me and Max know like, all right, what it's going to take to get you guys to the next level. We'll help you out. We'll try to give you the best advice. We'll try to let you know the mistakes we made and you guys don't have to make those mistakes because we made them for you. Absolutely. So you've mentioned Max a lot, and you, you talked about a, you talked a little bit about him earlier. Why don't you talk more about him? Because he seems to be your boy down at the yeah, gym. Yeah, Max is so. my boy. Um, me, so me, this is weird. Says me and Max actually, we grew up at rival high schools like Marshfield and Duxbury, rival high schools. Um, didn't really hang out in high school. Um, by chance, we ended up on the same futures league team in college. Still wow. didn't really know each other that well. And this is after right. I had, I had tr his his dad ran the facility like like probably in 2000 and he was running it in 2012 he ran it for a while after that um actually my whole high school career he ran it so like i would always hit there work out there um we'd have captain's practices there but like me and max were never boys like we just the whole duxbury marshall thing it wasn't like i didn't like him we just didn't know yeah, each other. absolutely um, and then 2012 rolls around and, or 2013 we're on the same futures league team out in martha's vineyard so we get to know each other a little bit um i ended up leaving that team to go to another team out in wachusett just because there was an available catcher spot that opened up because we were dealing with like three catchers on uh, martha's vineyard so i was like all right this team in wachusett needs another catcher i'll go there get more playing time um so went out there me and max were cool we didn't we hung out a little bit and then uh didn't talk to him for a couple of years. I mean, no, it wasn't like we had hard feelings or anything. Yeah. We just like, what, he was at Franklin Pierce. I was at St. Joe's. Yeah, we drifted. Yeah. Um, and then I was working at the facility like three years later and he had just graduated from college and he was like, dude, like, let's work out together. I was like, all right, cool. Absolutely. Um, so we worked out together and then literally like this kid is is me like we're the same person. <laughs> it's it's like it's it's wild if if you heard us talk we'd you'd be like all right you guys need to shut up you guys i was the same exact person um but like i don't know we just we were on the same page like from day one like we we don't we don't argue we're always on the same page um and we work together we live together in south boston and uh we lift together every day so yeah. we can just run ideas back and forth with each other all the time like that's that's my best friend. I spend more time with him than anybody. Yep. Probably shouldn't tell my girlfriend that, but <laughs> um, yeah, like me and him are always on the same wavelength, always on the same page. And what he's done with the Atlantic Baseball Club, I mean, it used to be the Atlantic Baseball Club. We call it the Atlantic Sports or Atlantic Sports Performance now. Like it's a huge, a huge change. There was no, there was no real lifting there or anything, probably two years ago. And then we brought in the lifting program, and we just we just made a huge change. Like we just wanted to make sure that we changed the culture around like our, our team's called the Mariners. We just wanted to change the culture around Mariners baseball to make sure that we're providing these guys with the best resources possible. I mean, yeah. I, I, I can't, we were just talking about it earlier. Like the, the, the distance we've come in the last two years with this facility is unbelievable. Like it's just, it's a whole different culture. It's awesome. So that's yeah, awesome. that's my boy. That's my boy. That's awesome. David's wondering who can do more pushups. You or Max. Oh, Dave! I got all right. I got Max on push-ups all day long. I'll have a contest with him tomorrow. 
and we'll post it on Instagram. There's no way Max is doing more push-ups than me. What do you think your number is? 30, 40? Like, what do you, where, where are you getting to in push-ups? I honestly, like, me and Max are pretty competitive. I'll have him go first. Okay. I don't care how many push-ups he does. I'm going <laughs> to do at least one more. Like, if it kills me. Like, he, he, could, he, could, he could do 90 push-ups. I, I will do 91 before I let that kid do more push-ups than me. That's He's awesome. getting strong though. I will say Max is getting very, very strong. We have we have a little a little bet. Um, we're kind of prolonging it a little bit. He's got to bench three hundred pounds, or else I he has to run a uh, a half marathon. Which we don't we don't do cardio. We don't run. We're not all okay. Um, yeah. He has to run a half marathon, and he's got to do it in a Kermit the Frog costume. Oh my if he god! Doesn't so um, about. Probably three weeks ago, four weeks ago, he hit two ninety five. So, I think he's gonna be good. I think he's gonna get it. That's so, insane. I'd love to see him run the marathon though, and occur with the frog costume. That'd be <laughs> so, so why don't you talk about the cardio thing? Because I know when I was playing and being a pitcher, everything was running. I was running sprints and I was running pulls my entire life. So, do you guys not believe in cardio, or is that just no longer part of the program for baseball players at this point? Um, yeah, I, I, I really I don't believe in it for baseball. Okay. I really don't. Okay. Um, Fair enough. And I obviously I I believe in conditioning. I think you have to be in condition. Obviously, like you're, yeah. but like uh, when you're throwing a hundred pitches per game, like you're never gassed. Like like you can, you can be fatigued, but you're not like cardiovascularly or aerobically gassed. You know what I yeah. mean? So like you're your training needs to resemble what you're going to do on the field. And I see all these college high school coaches making dudes do like Indian runs where they're running like three, four five miles at a time. And oh, yeah. it's, it's not beneficial. It's almost like, it's, it's almost like a waste of time. It's almost like I, I look at it like, okay, the pitchers did all their work. We don't really know what to do with them now. So I mean, I've guess. sat around for two hours after yeah. running. I've been there. I have yeah. been there. I have sat around in the cold two hours after running doing nothing. Yeah, dude. It's like, we don't really know what to do with these guys. Maybe we'll make them go run down to the general store and back. But, like, that has, <laughs> that has zero carryover to baseball. Like, everything in terms of pitching, hitting, baseball is all short, explosive movements. You're standing still, and then you're moving as fast as you can. You're going max effort. Every single pitch you throw, pretty much max effort. Every time you take yeah. a swing is max effort. Um, like aerobic cardiovascular training actually does the opposite of what we want to do. Like we want, there's like two, there's two muscle fiber types. There's type one or there's a, there's a few, but like type one is slow. That's like your cross country runners. That's your like long distance, um, aerobic activity. And then type two is your explosive stuff. Mm -hmm. There's a few more variations to type two that like are all also explosive stuff. If you're going to play a game like baseball, you got to be very, very type two dominant. Like you got to be very fast twitch. Everything happens super fast. You need to be able to be explosive in a very short burst of time. If you train for like cardio, like aerobically, you're actually, you're actually transforming some of those type two fibers into type one fibers, which is pretty counterintuitive to what you actually want to do. So like it, you look at like uh you look at sprinters and they're all jacked. Like you look at most um, Olympic sprinters and they look like bodybuilders, like yeah. huge quads, huge hamstrings, like eight pack. And then you look at uh, like marathon runners and they're usually like kind of, kind of stringy, 
like uh, lanky, uh, not very defined. And it's just a different type of muscle fiber type. You got to make sure that you train the right one. So conditioning is important. Like obviously you got to keep the heart healthy. You need to make sure that you're not, <laughs> you're not <laughs> exhausted tying your shoes like before yeah, a game. Um, but there's more, there's more beneficial ways to train it. And um, my, my college coach was actually the first one to make that apparent when he, he started every single practice off with a circuit where it was 16 seconds on 16 seconds off explosive movements, whether it be like broad jumps, uh, five, 10 fives or whatever ropes, um, just explosive stuff where, where you're, you're getting your heart rate up, taking a quick break and getting right back to it. Cause that simulates the game of baseball. Like if you look at it, I think the longest playing baseball is an inside the park home run, which is like 16 seconds. That's what that was his reasoning behind it. So like, you need to train to be able to, to, to burst, like provide short bursts and then recover and then be able to do it again. If you, if you're training long distance aerobic stuff, like it doesn't really have much carry over the game of baseball. Like the, Absolutely. the most, someone, I forget who said it. Someone said it best. Like the most cardio a baseball player needs to do is be able to run out to the mound to pitch. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's just a different type of training. Um, you definitely, you, the most beneficial thing you can do, for baseball is to train explosiveness, power, strength in short bursts. And that's how we, that's how we schedule. Like our, our athletes love it. Cause we don't have them do cardio technically. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> it's not, it's not cause we just like don't like cardio. It's just because it has no carryover to their sport. Absolutely. Um, but if you, I, I probably should have got into this more when I was talking about the training, we do like our two max outs earlier in the week. And then later in the week, we call it dynamic, dynamic effort day, which is basically our speed day. And this, this speed day is, it involves no sprinting. It involves no running. Um, but it is one of the best ways to improve 60 yard dash time, 40 yard dash time. Um, and it's basically cardio. Like it feels like cardio once you're done with it. So like we'll have, um, I should say we use a lot of band tension and chains and stuff when we lift. Um, accommodating resistance just because it's, it's just a different stimulus. Like if you're deadlifting, um, you might have, let's say you have 300 pounds on the bar, you put bands on it. Once you lift it to the top, it might be 300 at the bottom and 500 at the top. You might have 200 pounds of bands on it. It's just, it's a little bit safer for the athletes because in their most vulnerable position at the bottom, it's a little bit lighter and then they can learn how to explode through way more tension. Um, so we'll set the bands up and we'll have guys do like, eight sets of two or three on deadlifts and we'll have them move the weight as fast as they possibly can. That's how we ex like pr promote acceleration. Like obviously force equals mass times acceleration. We got our mass out of the way earlier in the week. We got our acceleration out of the way later in the week. So we combine yeah. the two. Once you get on the field, force production is at an all time high. So uh, we'll have guys pulling deadlifts or benching through bands uh, for really high sets one to three reps, pretty much no break in between. If they're taking a break in between, it's not really a break. We're having them do box jumps or something else in between and going right back to the deadlift or the bench. So it's like, it's basically like a circuit. You're just going yeah. back and forth between each. There's not really any break. You're pretty gassed by the end of it, but like you're still learning how to promote as much strength as possible um, while kind of getting that heart rate up too. So that's the way we do our conditioning technically. Um, that other than that like i'm not ever gonna you won't ever see me have my guys running like long distance even if even if like kid pisses me off and i need to like 
discipline him or whatever. Like, yeah. He's not going to be running. He's going to be doing a plank for five and a half minutes with <laughs> on his back because <laughs> I don't want to deal with his But I'm not I, – I think uh, the whole long-distance running thing is very detrimental. Um, I would love somebody to – give me a good reason like for why you should do it. But yeah. I haven't seen any good reason. I just think a lot of high school and college coaches, I mean, I've even seen it at the indie ball level. Like they just waste their time having pitchers run long distances. It has no carryover to, to velocity. If anything, it's going to slow you down. Like yeah. you, pitchers, like you're, you were a pitcher, right? Yes. So like pretty much every pitch you makes a make is a max effort. Absolutely. Like, right, like probably 90 uh -huh. to 100%, right? Yeah. And then you got like a quick 10 second break, then you got to do it again. Yep. Like that's, that's baseball. That's how, how all aspects of baseball work. You don't need to do long distance cardio running. It has no carryover. Yeah. So I actually want to ask you this. I, one year I was playing, I rode crew the same year I was playing and that actually helped me a lot. I rode yes. crew for about a week, and I came back, and I pitched really well. Do you think that's something that can help other guys doing other sports like that? 100%. Yeah, I think I think the carryover from that was because your your back probably got super strong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if – I mean, we see it all the time. Like, kids get super tight. They're just sitting at their desk all the time or, like, on their phone, hunched over, eating like this. Your chest tightens up. <laughs> And, like, kids kids love to just bench. Like, that's the thing. It's like, how much do you bench? Whatever. Like, everyone's chest gets tight. They get super bad posture. And you're spending the whole offseason rowing your shoulder blades back in the perfect position. Like, you're setting your rotator cuff up better. Like, you're setting yeah. everything up better to just have better posture. You look at all these guys who throw gas. They've got great posture. Like, their back is strong. That's why when we do, like, band exercises, there's so much, like, pulling, reverse flies, all that sort of upper back scap activation like your upper back is key to everything literally everything that's awesome so we got about 13 minutes left here and you have provided unbelievable amounts of value i saw that <laughs> i saw i think it was cj said this is audio gold and i completely agree with it <laughs> is there anything you want to get out into the world is there anything that you want to deliver especially during a time like this where guys can't go to the gym what's something you want to tell guys who are sitting at home bench pressing doritos like me <laughs> Um, well i mean so as much as it sucks like we can't be in the gym there is so many ways to get better as a baseball player right now you got a bunch of free time on your hands like take advantage of that 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 i mean that is huge it sucks if your high school season got canceled uh but if you're a guy who has more baseball ahead of him this should not be downtime for you this should be time that you should you have so much time to just get after it, whether it's like whether you're an infielder or a catcher and you need to work on your hands yeah. and throw a ball off the wall. Like my best friend growing up was those old pitchback machines. Those, you know, those nets that you just throw a ball off of, like just working on ground yeah. balls in the backyard, like any of that stuff. And I mean, taking hacks off the tee. Um, but like, this is a great time to, to just keep getting better. Like, I mean, I actually just, I wrote a at home workout program for my guys. Like, you you can't just say like oh it's a it's a quarantine we can't do anything like there's body weight exercises you can yeah. do uh the, most of my program is like load up a backpack use that as your weight um and and just i mean the more like rocks or whatever books you put in it the heavier it's going to be you're still going to get a good workout in but like this is a, a really good time for even if like even if you don't have enough weight to lift at your house 
work on your mobility. You know what I mean? Like work on aspects that you, that you need to work on, work on your speed. There's so many, so many different ways to do it. You just got to get creative. And I think, especially with like Instagram and I mean, I don't have a Twitter, but I'm, I'm sure there's stuff on Twitter. There's people are putting out so much content for stuff that you can do at home to get better. Like it's, it's on you. Like if you yeah. come back and you're not ready to go, that's on you. You've had a lot yeah. of free time to figure it out. So like yeah. that's whoever, whoever got the most creative, over this break is going to come out come out way better because this yeah. this wasn't i mean things might have like paused in terms of like the rest of the world but like that doesn't mean you can't you can't still get better at home yeah. like there's there's really no excuse for that you just gotta the resources are all out there you're not it's Absolutely. not like you can't go on instagram and see somebody doing some like uh one of my one of my best friends nick lofts he's a he's a catching guy he's he's a great catching coach great hitting coach and he's posting stuff all the time about like just stuff you can do at home for catchers like just tossing a ball off the wall getting better at coming up under it framing like there's so many things you can do at home it's just yeah. i mean i think like when i was in high school even without a quarantine like all, all, all my time spent not doing like not lifting or doing homework or whatever was spent like outside hitting off a tee or just like like so like i hated pop-ups to the catcher like I think I every catcher catch hates that i feel like every catcher they, they hates suck. that that yeah so i'm just like sitting in my driveway hitting a tennis ball up as high as i can and reading the backspin trying to get under just like wait ways you can stay creative to work on things that you're not good at like that's that's the biggest thing. And if anybody has any questions on like what specifically they need to work on, like, especially my, my 15 year old team, like I know guys hit me up all the time asking like what they can work on. Like, just let me know. Like I'm, I'm obviously down to help you guys stay creative and let you know, cause there's so much stuff you got to use yeah. this time, time wisely because yeah. all, all you have is time right now. Uh, absolutely. But, and I, but on, on the bright side, we are back in the gym in the few, back in the gym in a few weeks. So that's, that's going to awesome. be huge. Yeah. That's awesome. And just going off, like, I'm no longer playing, and I'm obviously no longer working out or anything. But I just people always complain about is they never have enough time. And that goes into anything. Like, that yeah. just goes into creating content on my end. It was like, oh, I didn't have time before. But all you have is time now. And it's like, coming out of this, and you haven't done anything, it just means you sat around and, and you felt bad for yourself. All people yeah. have right now is time. You and have, I've noticed that even for myself. You ever... Uh... You have those notifications on your phone that like let you know how much screen time you've had throughout it's the day. Bad. Yeah. You ever seen that? Oh, I I just got my weekly one today. Dude, like I've I've looked at that some days. And I'm like, how the hell did I spend three hours looking at my phone today? Or like something. I'm double you. I'm double you. But then no, again, I, I, I live mean, on I social been, media. I, I, just I just didn't want to say it. Like I've been <laughs> there like five six hours. Like I know. Um, but like, imagine you took a fraction of that time and you just did something productive like yeah. i mean you can it takes it takes three minutes to learn something you didn't know about the game of baseball just by listening to the right source so that's like the yeah. that's why i'm glad you're doing what you're doing like posting this this baseball content like like we we need people to like good sources of information for kids yeah like yeah. there's a there's a lot of bs out there like we need like once kids find like good sources that they can go to, that's very quick information. Absolutely. Like it's very, very easy to go and find a good Instagram account and be like, Oh, that guy's making some good points. Those are some good things I can do today. Like that's yeah. huge. Um, it, it's, I remember like growing, like growing up being young, it was very hard to weed through the BS. Cause you was you weren't sure who was really right. Now you can see, like you look at somebody like, Oh, they have, 
27,000 followers. They probably are doing something right. And then you look yeah. at a guy who's like, oh, you should do this and this and this. And it's like, oh, they're followed by 100 people. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if they're doing the right thing. And I, I know yeah. as, as petty as that sounds, it's, it's true, though. Like, if, yeah. if, you got, if you got a good following, you're probably doing something right. You know, absolutely. I, mean? and I think it's it's awesome that you're providing content on baseball because that's what that's what people need right now. And it's entertaining because yeah. I, mean, like, I mean, I not everybody is like me where they can just sit down and be entertained by a preseason scrimmage like for 18 innings. I'm absolutely I would do that all day. Like I would watch yeah, I would too. I would watch a like NAIA baseball game go 21 innings. Like I don't I don't care. Like it doesn't. I would love the sport. Kill for spring training ninth inning minor league guys right now to be playing. Like, dude, you know, baseball. This is how how sick I am. I would, I would like if the I was a huge Red Sox fan. But if they were up, like let's say it's a four three game, and it's the ninth, I was like a small part of me was like, ah, God, I hope the other team ties us up just so I can watch more baseball right now. Like it's 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 weird. I just I just love it. I just absolutely love it. Everything about the game is awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just going off a point you just made is I don't make content around playing because I know that's not my expertise. Me telling guys how to work out and how to hit is not going to get people anywhere. And that's why I love having you guys on, having David on, having CJ on, having all you guys on who can provide that insight because you guys are experts in your field. You played professional baseball and some of you are still playing. And now and now you're teaching the youth how to play and you are certified in what you do. Mm-hmm. And that's really awesome to hear. So yeah. I just I just wanted to go off that point. Yeah, and and I mean the the biggest thing about like me and me and those guys is we are very aware of the fact that we don't know anything. Like we are <laughs> like we we know what we know. Yeah, uh, we we tried our best to learn from the best sources, but we are very very open to learning more. And that's yeah. I think that's the key is you can never stop learning because I mean like you'll find out something new every single day, and that's gonna help if if that helps one person. You've done your job that day. You know I mean, Absolutely. that's that's the biggest thing. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you being on. I appreciate all the insight. I appreciate the story because I love hearing baseball stories. And you and you have another great one that I've heard today. So thank you. Thanks, uh, I would love to do this again. This has been really fun. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Uh, I really appreciate it. Yep, for sure. And this will be up on Spotify and Apple Podcasts in a couple weeks once I edit and sift through the other episodes. <laughs> Okay, cool. I appreciate so I will send you the link for sure, but please stay well, and I hope you guys get back in the gym and, and keep working hard. Yeah, man, absolutely. Feel free to swing by anytime you want. Where are you guys located, Boston? We are in Hanover, Mass., which is a little bit south. Oh, cool. Where are, you, cool. where are you from? I'm in the heart of New York City. I'm in Manhattan. Uh, okay, so that's going to be tough. But if you're ever in the Boston <laughs> area, swing by. Put you through Absolutely. Oh, my God. I was... I would fall down. You, <laughs> you want to – I would fall down like a tree. <laughs> That's TikTok gold right there. <laughs> All right, man. Enjoy the rest it. of your day. Thank you. you too. Thanks.